Hi guys and welcome to the Freel Thing podcast, a podcast all about self-development, motivation, team building and leadership. And we also um, interview budding entrepreneurs and business people talking about their businesses and sharing their stories with us. So uh, today is one of those days and I'm interviewing Craig Mackay from the brilliantly monikered Bearded Bastards. <laughs> Craig, well, welcome to Glasgow for a start. Where, nice are, you, where, where are you from? Uh, from Fife, a little uh, place called Loch Gelly. Loch Gelly. I, yeah. I'm sure somewhere back in the midst of time I played <laughs> Loch Gelly Miners Club or something Good like that. Or possibly the yeah. five maybe. Something, something <laughs> like that. Famous. Burned into my psyche somewhere. Um Anyway, so tell for for the folks at home, give us a little thirty seconds on who you are, and tell us a little bit about bearded bastards. I'm going to try not to laugh every time I say <laughs> bearded bastards. Don't yeah. worry, I'm used to it just now. Uh-huh. So bearded bastards is the company name. Uh, my name's Craig Mackay, and I'm 35 from Sunny Lochelly, as you know. Um, yeah, so I never intended to run a mail grooming company ever. It was just uh, something that come about. My previous background is banking. Right. When I okay. left school, I sort of joined the, the midst of HBOS, worked my way up the call centres, mm-hmm. moved into relationship banking, worked in branches. You I didn't look like this back then, no? No, no. It was no. a little bit more clean-shaven thanks mm-hmm. to their tight employment rules on right. uh, looking uh-huh. clean and crisp for sitting in front of customers. But I used to hate shaving and I had right. terrible skin. Right. So unfortunately, one of the things on a Sunday night that I used to hate for the best part of a decade was having to do that shave before you went to the branch on a Monday morning. So right. Sunday night was a real ordeal for me. Mm-hmm. As soon as I drew a razor down the face, it took off multiple layers of skin, mm-hmm. it left my neck in a bloody mess. I hated it. And I used to always come home on the Monday, you know, the white RBS shirt or H-Boss shirt, whatever it was, it'd be covered in bloody speckles. And it was just a horrible, horrible experience. Yeah. So being a beardsman was always in me. I mm-hmm. just couldn't release it. <laughs> a beardsman? I've never heard that expression before. It's kind of like when, you know, when I decided to become an astronaut, exactly. you know, it's got this quality to it. A beardsman. To be a beardsman, yeah. yeah. So uh-huh. that was kind of where it all sort of come from. But as you know, banks and the Navy and the Army and things, over the years have slowly relaxed their policies on mm-hmm. facial hair. Um, as long as it's well-groomed, well-kept, and you don't look like a hobo or mm-hmm. homeless when you're strutting up to business meetings and customers and branch, then they relaxed it. So I s- slowly started to get hairier and mm-hmm. hairier until... The full blown beard was out, and it was, you know, it was kept. So you were, you had this beard whilst you were still working in the banking sector. I did, yeah. So I think the longest it was ever, when I worked in the bank, I think it was a good, a good year's worth of growth. So right. I'd probably what I'm sitting with just now, which right. is a good six and a bit inches. But it is in beard length. I, I mean, if you don't mind me saying, it is in beautiful condition. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I mean, it's the best advert for your products ever. Is, yeah. the, is your your own face. I mean, this is it. You're know. under a lot of pressure, though, because when you have those off days or you're hungover uh-huh. and you wake up, you really can't be bothered you can't be bothered, maintaining yeah. yourself, unfortunately. Mm. That directly reflects on the business instantly <clears throat> when you yeah. go down the high street or just nip to the shop for a, a pint of milk. But then it keeps me... It's really good, though, because I speak to a lot of beardsmen who suffer from depression and things, and having All a beard right, okay. encourages them to get up in the morning sure. earlier than mm-hmm. they normally would. It encourages them to jump in mm-hmm. the shower and to prune themselves and it's a weird sort of psychology but I mean well, that's something we talk about um, a lot in this show as well it's just you know it's it's looking after the simple things the basic things first and you know to look after 
your mental health. It's you looking after your personal appearance, and it's 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 all part of the the same thing. So for me, that's kind of where I am in the morning. It's yeah. like that, that need to make sure it's presentable mm-hmm. just helps me start my day. You know, from the basics, from like you say, just making your bed to sorting the beard out, looking presentable, and then you mm-hmm. tackle your first task of the day. So it's, it's, been, it's been big for me. So how did Bearded Bastards come about? So as I said, banking industry for 10 years, I moved into the oil and gas industry just as that industry crashed. Mm-hmm. So I'd left the bank, left all my nice service behind, moved into the oil and gas industry. I was pretty much last in, first out. Right. I, industry crashed my little boy turned up Jackson mm-hmm. who's three now he'll be four in December so when he was just a few weeks old positive that paternity leave had finished I think it was so he must have been about three or four weeks I was paid mm-hmm. off right I got my uh, marching orders from a, a company up there who quite rightly had probably you know, given a lot of people their marching orders by mm-hmm. saying we reevaluate the company all the skill sets they're no longer required the industries needing a little bit of TLC so that was one of the pivotal moments in my life where and you've got a young boy, you've got a young family. Mm-hmm. You've literally got two or three months worth of wages left before everything runs out. And what you think, are you going oh to do? My God, yeah. yeah, stress, tears. You mm-hmm. cry to the parents. You know, you borrow mm-hmm. money off of them. And I just went through a small period of literally applying for any job I could get. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until a few weeks or a few months after that that the sort of idea and inspiration behind the business come about. So I was taking anything. Mm-hmm. And I was selling advertising space in newspapers. I had a delivery driver job at Amazon, which mm-hmm. was the worst job I've ever had in <laughs> history of all jobs. Right. Um, which, again, was always, I think when we spoke, we were having coffee, mm-hmm. and we were talking about when your back's against the wall, when you're at rock bottom, and you go through a tough time, mm-hmm. it turns you into a completely different person. Sure. Yeah. So I really needed to be made redundant. I needed my son to turn up. I needed yeah. the horrible jobs in between mm-hmm. just to keep bills paid. It slipped behind on the mortgage, the rent, sorry, and mm-hmm. it was just a mess. And um, Jackson was born with a skin issue, nothing mm-hmm. severe, but mm-hmm. chest and back, he was in a bit of pain. So okay. long and short of it is when we used to lift him out of his bath, you know, you could see he was in a bit, bit of bother. So creams and ointments that doctors gave us just wasn't working. Right. And the midwife on one of our last checks was just at the front door and said, see, when we were younger, son, all we got was organic oils from grapefruits and grape seeds and things like that. Right. And our skin was fine. We had no problems that you get today. Mm-hmm. Mass produced, you know. Yeah, chemical, 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 chemical. Yeah. Harsh chemical based stuff that, unfortunately, doctors are financed mm-hmm. to prescribe. Yeah. Um, and then she shut the door. And then mm-hmm. she left. And of course, when you've got a son who's on the mat, needing changed, and, you know, the house is chaos, I just got straight back to normal life and went back to being this horrible you know, delivery driver for Amazon mm-hmm. type. <laughs> so how long did that period last for? Um, I think I only lasted three months. Mm-hmm. Um, for a couple of months of that job, I had the notepad out because that mm-hmm. comment that the midwife made about organic oils and things like just, it just yeah. wouldn't go away. Mm-hmm. And we actually went to Asda's shortly after that. And I'll always remember it because there was a couple next to me thinking, what oil will we get for frying our sausages? And there was another couple to the left again. They were saying, right, you know, get some olive oil. We'll have some black yep. pudding today. And there's the two of us sitting going, we'll get that because we'll rub that on our son tonight after his bath. Mm-hmm. It just was quite a strange moment. But fast forward a few weeks, we had been out for a couple of days. So a couple of times a day, rubbing organic grapeseed oil on his chest and back. Mm-hmm. And they cleared his skin issues up within a couple of weeks. Wow. So is this... 
kind of part of who you guys are in the first place? Are you very sort of organic, into organic um, products and, you know, no, vegans no. and, you know, all um, of that? Then? Me and Jackson's mum split up very, very early on in this right. process. So we, we're not together anymore. But even when we were, no, we weren't. Mm-hmm. And it was embarrassingly the very first time that I had looked at the ingredients on the back of a product. Right. From a cosmetic point of view, right. when Jackson was going through these problems. Mm-hmm. When we had that conversation with the midwife and we decided to use an organic sort of oil from a fruit on him, was I actually started looking at my old Nivea and links and these things that I'd had since I was yeah. a young lad. And then Googling the individual ingredients and breaking them down and doing a bit of research. Mm-hmm. And I found a lady on uh, YouTube who did a lot of things like this, you know, podcasts and videos and vlogs about particular products and she would highlight an ingredient and then just give you a whole host of reasons why it's banned in half the countries in the world but why the UK yeah. is I wouldn't say lax laws but you know not as stringent as somebody like Canada who mm-hmm. will quite happily ban an environmental toxin because it's carcinogenic whereas we've got that running right through most of our mainstream moisturizers so it was only at that point you know in my 30s that I thought hang on a minute mm-hmm. this is rubbish you know no wonder my skin nips and aches and doesn't yeah. you know these creams aren't really working. Mm-hmm. Never actually paid attention to what was in them. Yeah. So just that, that pivotal moment of Jackson arriving, getting paid off, taking jobs that I hated, mm-hmm. the midwife giving me the idea behind moving to an organic product to yeah. solve a big, big issue for him at the time. Yeah. And then it just sort of went from there. So I'd bought, after following this lady's blog, um, a, it's a butter from a fruit called Kapuku. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a wonderful word it's just to fantastic. say. fantastic. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it, mm-hmm. it's... I love the way you say it. I'm, if, I find, it. <laughs> if, I, if I find out that it's actually pronounced differently, I'm not going to say it differently. No, totally. Just Kapuku just Kapuku sounds... So, yeah. it's, it's good. Yeah. So it's it's um, Brazilian Amazon rainforest. Yeah. So it's stretched out coconut. So when it drops, the farmers harvest the butter. And you'll have consumed it. You just wouldn't have known. So they put it in white chocolate, milkshakes, that sort of thing. Yeah. They're really good for the gut. But the big thing is it's a plant alternative to lanolin which right, okay. I love a lot of people in the UK are uh, allergic to and for obvious reasons vegans mm-hmm. like, are dead against it um, so I had bought a few bits and bobs and I had brought some of this kapuki butter over melted it down put some of the grapeseed oil in it and made a cream effectively okay. because the one thing that I had taken from Jackson's experience and putting the oils on his chest directly and just watching his issues clear up almost overnight mm-hmm. I thought maybe I could sort my own skin out Sure. because effectively I think he's inherited it from me Right. And I used to get terrible. So the oily T-zone, you know, above mm-hmm, the nose, mm-hmm. across the, the eyebrows, just used to flake. Right. Most of my shirts at work would resemble a snow globe that had been sort of right. over it. And it's embarrassing, though. Get, mm-hmm. get sure, anxious. Yeah. People don't look at you in the eyes, they look mm-hmm. at your dry and flaky skin. Mm-hmm. I used to hate it. So that cream slapped on my face, and effectively it solved my problems as mm-hmm. well. And it's at that point, the kitchen table moment, I thought, hang on a minute, mm-hmm. there must be a way of... So I think that's the thing. Whenever you, yeah, whenever you get that benefit yourself straight away, then you're going to be the biggest ambassador for it. You yeah, know? yeah. There's no sales pitch needed. Mm-hmm. You know, the story about Jackson's true, so it rolls off the tongue. Yeah. people know you're not bullshitter. It's mm-hmm. a French, and they buy into it because it's it's authentic, and yeah. you can speak intelligently about the ingredients where they come from and its origin, and it's, yeah, they, they, they you, buy into because it. you know where it came from. Yeah, exactly. You know, which makes all the difference. As soon as we sort of done more research and I was enjoying the cream myself, I started to ditch the Nivea and mm-hmm. ditch the, you know, the English Shaving Cut, all of these different companies. They're not bad companies, but they're not great for people with bad skin allergies. Right. You know, contact dermatitis and psoriasis, where mm-hmm. an alcohol or a harsh chemical like titanium dioxide is going to seriously agitate it. Mm-hmm. So those products are good for people that have got skin as tough as leather, fine. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. you know, they're not doing anything wrong, but there's a huge market over here. You people that struggle day to day like I did for, mm -hmm. you know, 15 years, yeah. slapping the same thing on and just constantly feeling like my skin was on mm -hmm. fire. Irrespectful of you having to go to work and trying to look good. Yeah. You just felt horrible. You know, necks bleeding, skin rough mm -hmm. for days, you know, it, it was just, it was horrible for me. And it wasn't until that point when those little wee things started to mm -hmm. fall into place that I thought, you know, what industry is booming at the moment that I mm -hmm. maybe try and piggyback on? Because going straight into baby skincare, a minefield. Sure. It's saturated. Mm -hmm. um, and when you jump on Google Trends and things, straight mm -hmm. away one of the first things I saw was that the beard care market was, mm -hmm. you know, on the up, having been relatively quite new. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know what, I'll just build a DIY website, which was looking back so amateur now, but I had no money. You know, I was made redundant, I was borrowing from the parents to stay afloat. Yeah. I was doing a job for peanuts that I hated. You know, yeah. Having a B boy, obviously, an infant, he's, he's expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, his habit of nappies and baby wipes alone almost bankrupted me with the lack of funds we had. So it was just a DIY website. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a couple of blogs, why we believe in grape seed oil mm -hmm. from France. And, you know, why we believe in kapuki butter. Which mm -hmm. These are really old blogs and I haven't changed them because they were, I want people to realise that that's the original blog we wrote and mm -hmm. poor grammar, warts and all, <laughs> you know, we've developed. But looking back, they're always there, they're evergreen and, content. And presumably that started to work for you? It did, yeah. We, we sort of got um, our first non-family member order direct mm -hmm. from the website. Um, down so in were, England, you, were you... About June 2016. Were you getting orders through the website? Yeah, you friends. Family, which <coughs> I didn't like, really right. count because sure, yeah, they were going to buy whether they liked the product or not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they didn't have a choice. They yeah. didn't have a choice. Yeah, mm. so it was more to do with like testing the website, testing PayPal. Yeah, it was all new to me. It was just to get the customer. So, do, were you quite into techie kind of things before that, or is that something that you've kind of had to kind of no get to grips with as well? I think I just enjoyed the process more than I enjoyed mm -hmm. the technology, and actually blogging so it was more about telling the story than actually using the technology because i found it quite difficult yeah you know these my one-on-one -on -one websites and do it your own it just was so time consuming and plus i had a full-time job mm -hmm. you know and, and laterally when i moved away from the, the delivery driver job yeah so i had to keep working to build the business up because it took forever mm -hmm. to get to a point where i could go full time so i worked in a, as a software company um you know the chip and pin machines that you get mm -hmm. with yeah. contactless cards I used to fix them and they broke right so a French company in Dalgate Bay uh, took me on so I was working there full time coming home family life you know, dinner bath Jackson put them to bed at 8 and it was literally laptop time from 8 to 1 yeah and then you just had to repeat that process yeah so you were I think it's tough going what an awful lot of entrepreneurs don't actually get um, is that that's what it takes you know that there tends to be quite a lot of this um, lovely sort of dreamlike notion that you got an idea for a business, then you find investors, and it's all oh, super lovely, and then you, you know, and then you're gonna go and buy an island in two years' time, you know? I wish because it's it's been hellish. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and and that's the thing. But whenever it's your passion and you know the thing that you believe in more than anything, that you're prepared to put in those kind of hours and put up with all the crap, you know? Well, that's it. So sort of, it was a double pronged incentive for me. It was. I had a young boy that, in my mind, you know, I'm a bit harsh on myself sometimes, but and he, he fully, he, he doesn't expect anything because he was a tot at that time. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was like, if you're going to bring a kid into the world, support him. Yeah. Don't be skint. You know, yeah. don't be running around miserable doing jobs that you hate and struggling to pay bills and borrowing from the grandparents that were looking forward to retirement 
and now you not might be able to retire as early because they fed you their pension pot mm-hmm. to keep you afloat. It was horrible for me. Mm-hmm. So for one, to give Jackson the life he deserved, and not necessarily toys, but just to give him the security he needed. Yeah. His dad wasn't going to give him that work in a call centre for basic wage. Yeah. Miserable. Because that was the worst thing. Financially, I could have got through. Yeah. But it's... It's happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's why why be in a job that you hate? You, I mean, you could just get another job that you hate. You know? the cycle. Yeah. I fell out of the banking industry and fell out of the oil and gas industry. You know, the, the the big wages were there. You know, you worked in Edinburgh, you worked in Aberdeen. You know, everything was rosy. But as mm-hmm. soon as you fall out of that, and the industries start to collapse around mm-hmm. you, you know, for everybody in the UK, you know, you find yourself applying for jobs and you know, 50-60% of what you could have earned, you know, it's, it's hard yeah. to adjust and, and mm-hmm. mentally and, you know, it just, it's, it's a horrible experience mm-hmm. but I'm glad for it now because I look back and I think if I hadn't had that rock bottom moment it yeah. would have propelled me into the, I suppose, the, the, the quest to try and clean up the high street mm-hmm. because again, at that point, I didn't realise the more blogs were wrote, the more customers we spoke to, the more people that reached out that had allergies, the lack of organic products on the high street. Right, guys, okay. Plenty for women, but very, very, very few for guys. Mm-hmm. And it just it sort of went from there. You know, our first sale was a guy in England that, that ordered. He'd read a blog and bought. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, hang on a minute, there must be something in here. And then, again, very, very, very lucky that I had no investors. I had no money. I had no bank yeah. of, you know, overdraft. Nothing. Um, so the first order funded the second one. The second mm-hmm. one funded the third. You know, 100 orders in, we got a, a proper website and mm-hmm. we've continually recycled the funds there. So that's why I stuck with the, the full-time job for so long. Mm-hmm. We were recycling all the money back into the balance sheet to keep the business going. Yeah. Find new clients and relationships and support itself, really. It's building a business rather than, oh, okay. you know, looking for funding. Well, that's uh, you know. you, You're not really in that mindset either because mm-hmm. I was in a corporate life. Sure. <laughs> you're just not programmed to mm-hmm. think like that. You're conditioned at school, get a job. You know, work to your six to eight. You know, mm-hmm. die just before you get your pension. You yeah, know, great. Tends to be the, the rules everybody follows, and you're just not programmed to think like that. Mm-hmm. And the comfort of a bank check every month, mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, every month, it was the, com- the comfort and security. Yeah. To just forbid all of that and just take a punt. Mm-hmm. You know, no money comes in. You know, I went through a period where I had to sell a car, I sold mm-hmm. watches, I sold all my products. Yeah. I live with my parents now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the only way the business is going to survive when it run out of money. You know, it, it was tough. You know, yeah. When you're 30-odd and you're mm-hmm. a wee boy at one and a half, two, you don't really need to be staying with your elderly parents, mm-hmm. but it was the whole vision of pushing this as far as it could go and trying to take it I think it that, that's the thing is, yeah, is when it, whenever you're that, when you're effectively sort of forced into a corner, yeah. that that's when you either you crumble <laughs> or you come out fighting. Um, and certainly my experience isn't too dissimilar to that in sort of just in my, uh, you know, just different field, same kind of thing, business just completely disintegrated and you can ask, hmm, what am I going to do? Um, and it's the same kind of thing. Uh, and then you kind of, you just, you've literally got to go, well, actually, I don't have an option. That's really just, you've just you've got to start again. Um, and, and just nobody else is going to do it for you. You know, no, this is the thing, and you, you just need to be utterly, utterly obsessed with it. And I'm really, mm-hmm. really lucky that Jackson turned up in the way that the events unfolded because I was just abhorrently obsessed mm-hmm. by default. So it gave me the hunger that, you know, as soon as the shift was finished at the software company, I would come yep. home and smash a shift at one in the morning and repeat that mm-hmm. for months and months and months. Did you have the name from the start? 
We did, yeah, yeah, yeah we did from the very start. Did, yeah. So did you have like a list of names and then, no. or did you just have the one thing? Well, I always knew I was going to go for it because I played, I played football in my days. Okay. Not great at it, but it was a fitness thing. It was just good, and it was all unusually from school. Mm-hmm. I was always involved in a football team since I was like 12 okay. or 13. So training Tuesday, Thursday, and a game on a Saturday, amateur level, etc. was always just something that made me happy. But um, one of my nicknames, because of having the beard, was obviously the bearded bastard, because the away fans used to shout constantly, get into that bearded bastard. <laughs> it was an encouragement for that team to either break legs and ankles and just... Yeah. just I was one of those football players that never really had a great deal of talent. I was good at kicking people, you know, just getting <laughs> in the way. <laughs> good in the air and just a nuisance of a centre half. So, um, yeah, so the, the opposition fans, mm-hmm. used to, well, they used to call me two things. They used to call me the white Taliban. Because okay. Was, and get into that bearded bastard. And then the bearded oh bastard God. thing stuck. And I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to have to pick yeah. the better of the two. So bearded bastards was not what we were mm-hmm. going to go for. And I just think it was a nice way of playing on the whole Scottish humour. Uh-huh. I mean, talk to, I mean, what I got straight away, because I mean, I, I came across um, you on LinkedIn and um, it was actually, you were, you'd shared a video of bloopers of of you doing trying to do a a, a, a little thing and you're just you're holding up this you one of your products and all it was was you screwing up and I was like I really like this guy because <laughs> this is just my kind of thing it's just like having the balls to just share the stuff where you screw up you know that that's hilarious uh and actually I think it was, it was just nothing but F-words, actually, from, from what I remember. It yeah, was, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of swearing, yeah. Uh-huh, it was but delirious that day, I think. Just uh-huh. Like we'd spoke about earlier, the amount of mm-hmm. takes that you do, and it's just, you know what, F this. I'm just going to share whatever comes out next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, and that was hilarious. But, and then I was like, what's the name of the company? And I was like, Bearded Bastard, really? Um, and, but, and that's the thing, that's the power of brand. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, straight away, it's like, okay, this is, you know, this is definitely got legs you know it's gonna fly you know yeah. so you had this set up as an online business in the first place yeah but then you kind of took that big step forward and that you you've gone into actually salons yeah so we have our own barber shop mm-hmm. in Dunfermline and Bruce Street so it's um it come about again serendipity if you want to talk about that for a bit mm-hmm. um it, once you put yourself out there Things just tend to happen. Yep. Never really realised that that was a thing. Serendipity. Mm-hmm. It used to be a meme that you would share when you mm-hmm. worked in the corporate world. And you're just like, it's one of those words I'll never learn. Don't care. Yes. Um, but it's not until you're out and doing things like this in different cities. And it's amazing what happens whenever you interact with people. Yeah. Come out of left field and smack you in the face. So there was a really, really talented barber in Dunfermline, um, Arlene McGilvery, who reached out to say, "Can I just get some products that I can use on my clients day to day?" Mm-hmm. Because of the organic, you know, the, the quality, and we were local to to Arlene at the time, so Arlene rented space in someone else's shop. So for a long time, and her husband has a beard as well, Scott, and uh, he was a customer, and Arlene just bought the odd balm or two in oil, yeah. so that when she'd finished doing what she was doing with her customers, she slapped on some of her stuff, sent it home, you know, sent the customer home, looking mm-hmm. great, smelling great, and that's how it started really. Arlene had obviously then bought into the brand. We'd got to know each other. Mm-hmm. I got to know her husband really well as well, and I mean, they're great friends now. But there was a burning desire for Aline to open up her own shop anyway, regardless if we were there. Okay. 
and she'd been into the workshop, she saw how we'd done things and you know, we'd spoke at length and eventually they come in and they were shopping one day and they'd went to Costco and they bribed me with a giant case of Iron Brew and a giant box of Freddo's and said, there you go, can we buy that brand off you and open up a shop? And that's how it come about. Right. So we've granted the, the licence for Arlene to run the shop mm-hmm. as the Bearded Bastards brand mm-hmm. and to adopt our ethos and our strategy and, you know, tried to flip what a traditional barber shop at that time was on its mm-hmm. head, slowed everything down, reinvented a bit of the process and mm-hmm. some services and rather than the chop shop in, shave, cut and away, you know, it's all about the skin consultation, it's about the organic, it's what yep. keeps you up at night, you know, what issues mm-hmm. do you have, what allergies do you have, can we do a patch test on your skin? All of our stuff's made five miles up the road at Craig, which like to go and see them. Mm-hmm. You know, do you need to speak to them? And it was just integrating that whole cosmetics business into a barber shop, which we don't think really been done before. Um, yeah. That type of close knitted relationship, the start to finish mm-hmm. process, I think it's one of a kind in the UK. So Arlene and Scott walking into that into that workshop at that day just gave me access to that probably five years earlier than it probably would have took mm-hmm. me more. So are you is is the idea now to then franchise that? Yeah, so we're, we're behind the scenes. We've obviously used shop one will be a year old mm-hmm. September. Great. So we're going to use that as a blueprint for all the other shops. Right. So we've tried and tested different booking systems. We've tried and tested the way the shop gets managed. Arlene's bedded in and she's learned a whole host of things: managing staff, apprenticeships, mm-hmm. working with local colleges, bringing on, you know, training people up. Uh, standards, you know, looking at what the industry doing. It's been a massive learning curve for everybody. Yeah. And obviously then we've got the the more mature business that makes the products driving traffic to the shop as well. And yeah. We get to take products to customers rather than expecting customers to come to us. Mm-hmm. So it's worked fantastically well. So Arlene and Scott knew they were a bit of a guinea pig for us. Yeah. I'd never done this before. And they'd never done it. She was a talented barber but never run a barber shop before. Yeah. So it was a bit of a risk be fair but mm-hmm. the universe just opened up for us you know space yeah. in the high street was created a sh- shop was open and ready for us to move in it was a barber shop previously so it was like the university said this is going to happen yeah you know it's sooner than you probably should be doing this but there were just so many good things between us that i thought let's just just go for mm-hmm. it uh, and then about eight months in we were voted as fife's best barber shop mm-hmm. in the scottish retail awards which was a huge confidence boost yeah so behind the scenes just to answer your question we've been working with British Franchise Association. So I will be hopefully kickstarting the process in August, September time to become accredited for them. Mm-hmm. It's about the ethical way of franchising and business. Yeah. Doing it right. We sort of believe that our licence holders deserve the best. Mm-hmm. The only way you get that is if you have the BFA kite mark, you've been through your ethical audit, you know, you've got the seal of approval from mm-hmm. them, the support, dispute resolution. We've been speaking to solicitors over the last year and a half to try and develop a franchise agreement, wholesale retail agreement yep. to support the shops and yeah, so it's been a lot of that's work that nobody sees and nobody has sure, sought yeah. for you know, for as long as we've been around. Yeah. But yeah, the objective now is to use the award winning business model we've created by chance in Dunfermline and replicate that across God knows how many cities if we can. What would it's, you what would you say has been the biggest sort of point of learning over the past year with that? Oh, God, the money mm-hmm. and the stress. Two interlinking to each other because when you yeah. have money problems, you inadvertently have stress and vice versa. But, yeah, I mean, I convinced Scott and Arlene to spend their own money mm-hmm. on the shop. So they sort of bought into my hopes and dreams and aspirations and mm-hmm. convinced them to put their home on the line because yeah. effectively they'd quit a job, mm-hmm. you know, and pumped money in. They've 
maxed out credit cards, you know, it was putting pressure on their family, mm-hmm. you know, and they've invested their time and they've worked with me. Yeah. To sort of create that experience with the Bearded Bastards way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ali's a talented, talented barber, so that helped. Um, but yeah, it was, it was watching other people put themselves under pressure putting yourself under pressure so it's mm-hmm. like doubled up so you're carrying the weight and stress of them around on your own shoulders plus everything yeah. for your own and just managing cash flow yeah. you know I mean I'm not the bit I mean I worked for a bank but I was never great with numbers because I was more the marketing communications yeah. interaction yeah. sort of roles so yeah we just keep on top of things and just planning for the worst case scenario I mean you know, I was bitten badly lots of times customers promising this and not delivering fraud on the site you're losing money mm-hmm. suppliers going bust on you uh, just all, all sorts and just other things that keep in the way mm-hmm. you know I was down doing deliveries one week and my car went on fire so I had to abandon it and smoking everywhere and I had a pallet of beard oils and I had to do it on foot oh no money God. to buy a car so you're to, again it's mm-hmm. dear parents can we can you support me here and mm-hmm. It was just always, I always felt like I was begging for money to keep going, but yeah. it was just tough, 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 tough. Mm-hmm. The biggest learning curve has been, as soon as money comes in, you sort of think, oh, God, I could treat myself now. And you're just like, no, you know, you just, you need to yeah. learn to be as frugal as you possibly can until mm-hmm. there is so much of a buffer that even if you take a bit out, if the worst you're case happens, okay. yeah. you're still okay. So huge, huge learning curves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But if it wasn't for the parents allowing me to stay with them, mm-hmm. I didn't have a mortgage, didn't have a a pad to sort of manage yeah then I think the business would have folded mm-hmm. right now just lots of different things and sort of so where do you see I mean yes you you want to do the um, the franchise side of things are you planning on sort of broadening out in terms of you're doing the, you know, the, the actual products the organic products yeah. themselves but are you planning on doing obviously the ba- the brand itself is just so much potential in terms of broadening out in terms of brand awareness kind of products yeah. is that something you, you, you're right doing right now that's kind of where we're at yeah. I mean the barbershop was great and I think in the longer term the, the growth has to be quite slow and careful yeah. for obvious reasons um, but it was also a bit of a distraction for me which was one of the other sort of learning curves was it was the right thing to do but what I didn't anticipate was how much of a sting it would take off the product based business which is the most important part mm-hmm. of where we started yeah. we make our own soap make our own creams for yeah. stressed out skin we specialise in oil knowledge so again you know beard oils and shaving oils and things but a lot of people just then saw us as a barbershop because mm-hmm. the barbershop done so well yeah. it was an award winning barbershop pretty quickly you know, it was, you know we were sold out really really quickly our appointment system was always fully booked 3-4 weeks in advance but I think when people sort of arrived on the site and we were speaking about us there was so much noise about the shop that online sales took a plunge okay and that affected my cash flow and lots of was that, so it was hard to get that back on track. Was that because you kind of took your eye off that? Absolutely. Because you were, yeah, 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 total big distraction. Yeah. Because I had to support Arlene to support the shop. I had mm-hmm. to get the website changed. You know, we had to do the SEO in the background to drive appointments to the shop. Yes. The one thing that it was a huge responsibility as the brand owner. Because mm-hmm. we can't just grant someone a license and then do nothing. Yeah. We had to market the shops that Arlene's in making money. Mm-hmm. You know, and she could feed her kids at the end of the day so yeah. it was a big responsibility so I think I probably put too much oomph mm-hmm. on that and less on what I'm doing now which yeah. is back pounding the streets handing samples out doing things like this mm-hmm. to say that you know by the way yes we've got a barber shop and it's amazing mm-hmm. and you'll love it but realise where we started and the problems mm-hmm. we're trying to fix and all of the cool things we're doing you know we're launching our shaving products soon we'll be 
eczema creams specifically mm-hmm. for things like Haley Haley disease, eczema, psoriasis. Mm-hmm. We're launching that general skincare. So that's kind of the message we want to push now yeah. and push the brand. Because again, the brand is funny and quirky, but sometimes I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword because people think that's all we are. It's so funny you should say and that. We really are all about the science. Mm-hmm. That is so funny because I've, although I'm doing something obviously completely different from what you're doing, I have this very similar kind of issue um, with whenever I do conferences and business events, if, I, yeah. if I'm doing a team building thing with music, um, there's a lot of quirky and sort of silly songs that I do. <laughs> so people, if they, if people look at that and think that's what I do, yeah. then I'm like, you're right, no, 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 no. That That's the bit where, where I'm just kind of getting your attention yeah. um, and we're just trying to soften you up at this stage. Everyone just thinks I'm the biggest idiot in the room, <laughs> which is normally the case. <laughs> but from that, though, the thing that can be frustrating is that people don't get no. There's actually this. There's a lot of theory here, yeah, totally. uh, and there's a reasoning behind it. So, what I'm obviously going to be doing then over the next few months is kind of positioning that kind of content so that people go, "Oh, right, okay." Yeah. There's that. That kind of makes sense rather than Greg singing about his hair <laughs> all the time, which is what tends to happen quite a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean. I will I'll go to a business event and there's people who know me and they're like, oh, it's Greg with the lovely hair. <laughs> um, you know, so similar to yourself and that, yeah, you know, stigma. they're, yep. they're thinking of that. I'm like, don't get me wrong. They're thinking about me. It's, you know, there's that, that that's the positive thing, yeah. but you don't want it to be that one dimensional thing. You want it no. to be, okay, no, hold on. There's, there's this going on underneath, yeah. you know. And that's it. And it's a, a sort of, it was an issue, but now it's a blessing in disguise because, it forced me to then pound the streets and really reinforce that message and hand out samples and say to people, you know, we've, we've sourced the four ingredients that's in this cream from fruit plantations in Paraguay and, and Brazil. Mm-hmm. Here's the reasons why they're in here. It's because they've got antifungal, antibacterial properties. Mm-hmm. It was used on open wounds and after surgery yeah. because of how good it is at helping soothe the skin and replenish mm-hmm. skin cells, all of this. And this is why we think it'll make a good cream. Mm-hmm. I was down in Newcastle a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, and I met a guy in a tattoo shop, Chris, and we got to speak in and he called it Fancy Jungle Ointment Cream and he said, uh, I'll take one. So he trialled it on his son who's really, really bad eczema on his legs and yeah. we got feedback last week and he sent an email saying, Look, happy for this testimony, it would be used and I plastered it all over LinkedIn and things but he had a little phrase in it that said, used it on my son, his eczema's all but cleared up in three weeks. This is the best thing I've had in ten years from pharmacies and doctors. Now, if I hadn't, I've opened up the barber shop. it was a massive disruption and it sort of killed off online sales for a bit I would never mm. have then re-energised the whole pound in the streets thing Yeah. so in a way it's opened up other doors Sure. potentially he'll be looking at stocking that as a tattoo recovery cream mm-hmm. another vehicle I never thought about yep. he's obviously buying it now for his son so we're going to look at releasing that v- version that he got as an yeah. extremely stressed out cream for you know really bad psoriasis yeah. and things. so it's been a sort of wonderful journey of distraction issue how do I solve it I, lo- I love when those kind of happy accidents kind of happen you, exactly you know, when, you, when you go oh I never thought of all of that uh, even well even from my point of view I, I'd thought of the musical side of things as a team building thing but then somebody actually asked me he said Greg can you do this in the form of like a leadership program instead oh, yeah. and I'm like alright okay hold on so then just the way that I was looking at it was as opposed to ground up, top down, kind oh. of just the, the way I would sort of structure something. Um, and I was like, of course that would work as well. But I hadn't 
initially thought of it that way and it's just somebody sort of throws you in a curveball and you kind of go oh right okay you know so five years from now uh-huh. where do you want bearded bastards to be um i'd, I'd like a high street presence mm-hmm. that's one thing that's on the agenda just now i mean i would really like a few big retailers to maybe pick us up mm-hmm. and actually start jumping on the bandwagon that organic products are better yeah a lot of the shops that I visit, and even now, the last couple of months, I've visited Birmingham, Aberdeen, Glasgow, Edinburgh, you know, Newcastle. And the first thing I see on their shelf is the lack of organic products. Right. They really seem to be stuck in a habit of a lifetime, probably, where these big reps of big companies, mass-produced, harsh chemical and alcohol-based products are coming in, and it's just habit that they stock them. And yeah. they all stock the same. So I really need to get that message out that customers, more so than now, thanks to the internet and the fact that they can educate themselves now mm-hmm. on what's bad for them and what's good for them, at least give us a shot. You know, our price point is the same, if not better, than these large conglomerates that manufacture in large quantities overseas. Yeah. But we're safer. We produce them in the UK in our own workhouse, workshop. You can come in and see it if you want. Mm-hmm. It's an open door policy. You know, so there's little extra guarantees. You won't spend any more money. Mm-hmm. But it's just giving you, your customers who have skin conditions and allergies and alcohol intolerances well, mm-hmm. religious guys that completely stay away from alcohol altogether yeah. people that have maybe had cancer in the past and who are overly cautious about what seeps into their system yeah. you're forgetting all of them mm-hmm. so we just need to break down a few barriers and a few doors to get that entry point and hopefully we've got a Jenner's or you know, Debenham's and we can see ourselves mm-hmm. sitting amongst your Calvin Klein's and all these big gift sets for Christmas and we want bearded bastards to be there so with your with your workshop uh, mm. have you got staff now or well, no it's, it's been predominantly me although yeah. we've had people in to help yeah. we've had part time we've had a mm-hmm. student we took on an intern as well um, we're currently in the process of approaching people to sound them out if yeah. things boom which we're on the verge of a few big contracts that mm-hmm. just make it completely unattainable for me to do on my own then yeah we have the ambition to grow quickly Yeah. Um, but that would be the, the dream to have a team of people with the white lab coats and yeah. production team yeah. and yeah so we're, we're desperate cool. to get to that stage right so you, you're going to get the, the music question now because obviously <laughs> that's, that's kind of my world <laughs> what part does if at all does music play in, in your life do you, do you listen to is there I like music like huge motivation kind of music to get you going or <sighs> does, does it help with your day to day work it, it does I'm not a f- music fanatic mm-hmm. I don't have a passion for a band or a genre yeah. or whatever else I'm not I suppose a super fan but for me unless there's music on yeah. I can't work it's sort of like the silence I don't know if it's just because there's too many thoughts in my head I'd try to drum them out <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I, I, I do tend to listen to particular playlists and yeah. when I was growing up my dad used to listen to a lot of police and Foreigner and you mm-hmm. know, Fleetwood Mac and things, so I tend to listen to some of those older songs and things with a good Okay, you're, good you're describing my childhood. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I, my mum used to be obsessed with Mark Pello, so it was like mm-hmm. Wet and you know, Genesis and all of these these bands, Eric yeah. Clapton. So it was just my dad, you know, he inadvertently wasn't meaning it, but he was yeah. doing that sort of mm-hmm. uh, type of music into me. So, and anything from motivational stuff on YouTube yeah. yeah do you have any go-to stuff that you whenever you're having a tough day and you, you're like you know what I need to just hear that and just going to shove that on yeah there's a, two particular videos that are about an hour long on YouTube mm-hmm. predominantly the motivational some of it's 
backdrop music beats yeah. speeches from films and, yeah. and Jim Carrey was at the university and famous Great. speech and, love that yeah you know Simon Sinek has done quite a few yeah, huge Simon Sinek states and just lots of short clips from different things. Mm-hmm. So I think it's about an hour long, and I've clipped mm-hmm. them all together. Sometimes I'll just, when I'm really, really low, and I've had some mm-hmm. majorly low points, uh, just subliminally trying to program the brain not to give up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, all of us kind of, irrespective of how positive we are, uh, you know, there's always going to be that bit where you're kind of like, you know what, I kind of need to oh, give yeah. myself a wee kick up the ass today. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So... Years and years and years from now, this is the big, heavy, deep question. <laughs> what would you like your legacy to be? Just something that makes Jackson proud. In the back of my mind, I've had terrible jobs, terrible bosses. Like I've run out of money, you know, defaulted on mortgages to the point where they were almost ready for repossession. Mm-hmm. You know, I've hung on to them. I've steadied the ship. I've built the company up. Yeah, it, it needs to be secure mm-hmm. enough and I'd quite like it to be around long enough so that when Jackson's older mm-hmm. um, knowing my lucky I want to be a ballerina or something like that, that's fine <laughs> as long as he's happy but I don't want him to have the same shitty jobs and the redundancies and the yeah. just the, the the brutal situations that I was in by default with no fault of my own or whatever but yeah. um, I just don't want him to go through the same you know borrowing for other people robbing mm-hmm. to pay Paul credit cards all of that stuff you know the pressures and the tribulations of what we've been through as a family and other things and just trying to protect him a wee bit yeah, so I think yeah. if the company's secure and it's around long enough that we create the barbershop empire so yeah. so many jobs he could be an apprentice barber you know mm-hmm. he could be you know, he could do the shaving you know whatever you know he could make products he could learn to be a chemist if he wants mm-hmm. he could use all the organic chemistry stuff that I study now and that you know we're involved in with the company you know he could be out in countries sourcing products for us. Yeah. So I want, I want to give him a suite of like a thousand jobs he can pick from. Sure. And then just make sure he never deals with the same shit that I do. But that's kind of the legacy I want. Just for him to look back on the internet more than anything mm-hmm. and actually show him what hard work can do. Can do. So, yeah. I mean, I, just, I come from a good family, a good mum and dad, and amazing sister and things. And the first thing mum and dad always taught us was that you grafted. Yeah. Like, don't sit back and just for an easy life because you're in a hard situation. The default answer isn't benefits, mm-hmm. handout, you know, yeah. silver spoon stuff. It's just not the answer. No. So just need Jackson to sort of slowly, as he gets older and he starts spending more time on internet and things, at least if there's the breadcrumb trail of what his dad got up to, it wasn't pissed every week, mm-hmm. you know, hung over every weekend or, mm-hmm. you know, complaining about everything. Whereas now he can see talks I did at a college or, you know, being yeah. passes in the news and things mm-hmm. like this. and yeah. God knows if I, I might not be alive when he's 18. You just don't know what's going to happen. So if he could take enough yeah. for all of this, then that would do me. I'd be quite happy with that. Whatever else happens is just a bonus. Yeah. Bonus. Craig, thank you so much for coming all the way down to Glasgow today. Um, really enjoyed our chat and all the best with Bearded Bastards. Thank I am sure much. it is going to be a major <laughs> brand <laughs> over the coming years. Thank you. Thank you.